Welcome back to another episode of the Jamie K podcast. Um, today we have um, two very special guests from New York. Uh, would you guys like to introduce yourselves? Hi, I'm Ron. I'm Nick. And you guys play in uh, War by Other Means and Standalone? Yep, and also uh, The Elite, Nick plays in. And uh, we play in a lesser known band, Now You're Mine. That's awesome. Uh, I'm always uh, been a fan of um, New York hardcore. So when I got in contact with you, Ron, I, I was pretty stoked because it, it just kind of happened like organically on Twitter. Um, I think it was um, right after I, I put out the Fence Cutter podcast. Um, you had followed me, and I'm like, "Oh shit!" Like I listened to this guy's band, so I like sent you a, a DM right away, um, letting you know that I thought um, War by Other Means was awesome. Yeah, I mean, I saw your interview with uh, Rye from One Step Closer. I, uh, I listened to that thing. Ever since that, I've just been kind of, you know, listening to episodes here and there. I think I, I found, I found the podcast through Ryan posting about it. So I didn't like see your personal page, and as soon as I saw somebody retweeted the Friends Cutter podcast, I hit you with the follow. You know, one thing after another. Here we are. Mm. That's awesome. I definitely appreciate you listening to that episode. Um, One Step Closer, I I think, is a great band, and um, I'm happy to see you know them doing great things. And I think um, more people should be listening to that band. Uh, They definitely got a lot of eyes on them. Uh, I saw today is actually uh, the first day United Blood, and I saw clips of them playing. You know, they had a lot of people going off for them, and uh, Buffalo and Wilkes Barre. We've kind of had. a little bit of a connection for the last couple of years. We've really seen that band grow. So it's, it's cool to see where they are. Um, what's that connection between Wilkes bear and Buffalo? Uh, it, um, well, Nick can kind of speak a little bit more. Uh, we, we, we played in a couple of other bands before our current wave. Uh, Nick played in clear focus and I was in selective progression and we, um, uh, Selective Progression never played with One Step Closer, but Ryan booked us in uh, Wilkes-Barre. It was actually the last show that had the lamppost. Um, and Clear Focus, I'm pretty sure they did a weekend with One Step Closer. It was like one of their first times out. So, okay. Yeah, uh, the first the first Clear Focus uh, weekend, One Step Closer, just like they saw we were on it. I'm pretty sure they, they just booked the same shows we were on. We didn't even really know them. And they, um, so we played like, I think like two, two or three shows with them, and uh, we became kind of friends like then. That's awesome. I love when uh, you know bands from different scenes can uh, come together and like have a like a strong bond because um, you know obviously hardcore is like one big community, so it's cool to see you know um, two bands uh, from two different scenes like support each other. Yeah, and it's pretty easy with, you know, such easygoing guys and one step closer. I mean, I love all of them. I love Ryan. I love Ross. Uh, you know, Brian, he's he's always uh, quite the character online. Um, <laughs> and uh, Grady, he's got a whole bunch going on, too, with Anxious and, uh, you know, two bands on Triple B before you're out of high school. That's, that's no small feat, so... 
Yeah, I I, I remember seeing um, people post about Anxious, and I was like, oh, okay, like I'll, I'll check them out. And then I saw that um, they were um, playing on the Half Heart show out here. Um, I think it's the Thursday show before the uh, before Sound and Fury. So I was like, oh, cool. It's like that band that I, I've been seeing people talk about. So definitely um, stoked to see them live for the first time. Yeah, uh, we played with them at that lamp post show in Wilkes-Barre, and uh, they're they're they kind of go for that early title fight type of sound, and it, it fit well in the bill. Um, I could not have really guessed how much in you know such a short time that they would kind of grow and explode, you know, just from being kind of a smaller band just playing as many shows as they could to opening for two of the half heart reunion shows on triple B. So that's, it's crazy to think about, but I'm glad it's happening for them. I couldn't think of a better group of people for that to happen to. Yeah, it's definitely um, awesome. I actually, uh, you know, Triple B, uh, I, I feel like, you know, this year they're like coming on strong, um, you know, um, announcing um, all these like really good signings and doing a bunch of cool stuff for the scene. So um, I, I'm like pretty stoked on that record label. Yeah, Triple B, uh, every time that you see that logo on a band, you just know that if they're not something big already they're going to be something big after that release uh for the most part and and he has so much stuff coming out it's and it's all quality stuff too like you could tell that his quality filters is pretty high on the content and he pumps out nothing but the best so yeah, they just um, announced that they signed a band from out here from the Inland Empire, uh, Big Takeover, and I, I was like super stoked on that um, because I, I love seeing um, you know bands from my area uh, get the shine. Yeah, it's it's always cool seeing you know whether it's your friends or just somebody nearby because then it just kind of gives you affirmation that your area is on the radar and people are paying attention and people are you know willing to give it the recognition it deserves. So how is it um, up there um, for you guys in Buffalo? Uh, like, how's the scene? Um, you guys uh, were just on tour, right? Yeah, so we just got done with, I think it was nine days with Shackled, and we had a couple of dates with Life's Question. Um, that run went pretty smooth. We had a fill-in on, on the week with us. Something uh, happened with our drummer. Uh, Tragic. Tra- a tragedy happened with our drummer. Not, not really. He just, uh, we're a straight edge band and we take that very seriously. It's part of the identity. And he felt the need that he didn't, he wanted to continue being sober, but he just didn't feel as strongly about sobriety as we did. So he did not want to be straight edge anymore. So we had to part ways, but we had Frank from no option fill in for us. And, you know, he, he did what he could. He came off of a, I think a week or two with purgatory with no option and then immediately came home, had two days to learn our stuff and then hit the road. So he, he came through. I, I want to give him a shout out for helping us out. Uh, the week went pretty well. We played uh, the Northeast uh, for the first couple of days, headed down to Florida and then made our way through the Midwest back to Buffalo. Um we really hit it off with the Shackle guys more than I anticipated. We shared a van with them and they're just, they are a 
bunch of characters. I will say that for a certainty. They're they're funny guys, and they they all have their own individual uh, perks about them. And you know, as you find whenever you're cramped up with people in a van for ten days. Um, so the, we had a good time. Uh, I'm sure that they did too. And life's question: If you have not checked them out yet, you got it. They are so tight, and they got some really crazy shit going on and uh yeah i just want to give shackles from new jersey and life's question from chicago a huge shout out for that week that was it was an incredible time so i follow you on twitter and i can't remember what day it was but you tweeted about this um driving paradox that you guys had encountered <laughs> uh, okay so we are leaving panama city florida which we were already kind of bummed out on the day, not because of anything like too bad. We were just anticipating it being, you know, beach paradise, but they actually just got hit with the third strongest hurricane in United States history, uh, five months prior to us coming there and playing. And our show, there was actually the first show that they've had in that city since the hurricane. And it was just complete destruction throughout the entire place. Like there's buildings with their roofs caved in and, uh, like there was a whole sea of palm trees just snapped in half completely. So once we got there, we're like, oh man, this isn't what we thought it was going to be. It, it's, it was very humbling and, you know, cool to see the crowd go off as the way they did. It was a better turnout than we expected, you know, seeing how the city, the condition it was in. But after we're like, all right, let's just get in the van. Let's head straight back to North Carolina. We can get there a couple hours before the event. The, we have to be at the venue. We can just, you know, chill out for the day. So we leave Panama City at 3, 3.30-ish. Dylan's going to be so pissed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dylan from Shackled, I'm sorry, but we got to put you on the spot, bro. Uh, Frank from No Option drove for five hours straight, got out at 9.02, texted his girlfriend, and then switched with Dylan. Somehow after that, we were our ETA was 2 p.m., Eastern Standard specific time. Um, somehow, some way, when Dylan took over, our ETA went from two to seven. I don't know. We, we were trying so hard to figure out where these hours came from. Like, we maybe because we lost an hour going from the different time zones. But we had no clue. As it turns out, one person was awake while Dylan was driving, but they were kind of like half awake. And Dylan drove out of the way to go to the Savannah Wildlife Preserve, which is just a patch of grass. It took us two hours out of the way, adding four hours onto our time. And then the extra hour was from us stopping and getting food and whatnot. He does not want to admit that. He still has not admitted that. And we actually have a video clip of us arguing. I don't know how well it's going to come out in the audio, but here goes us arguing about this is, where... This is just Dylan yelling. Yeah, this I hate you! I know! It was the last person to <laughs> Oh, wow. He sounds angry. Yeah, he was, he was really mad about that. And we were, too, because, like, after having such kind of, like, a day where we, th we thought we were going to be able to chill out on the beach and, you know have a good time but really it's just 
kind of a, a recovering war zone area. We thought we could have a good day in North Carolina, but it, we were just barely got to the venue on time. And, you know, it was, it was a good show. We spent and, like 15 hours in the van. Yeah. It, it went from a 10 hour drive to 15 hours. Yeah. And, uh, when I saw your tweet about that, I was like, I like I was trying to figure out if you were just trying to, you know, puzzle um, all your like followers. So I opened up Google Maps and just, you know, did a trip from, uh, you know, Panama to where you guys were headed. And it didn't make sense because, you know, you guys should have gotten there in the time that you thought. And I was like, OK, I was like either somebody got lost or. Um, you know, they took like an unexpected, you know, break because I was like, there's no way it should have taken that long. Well, we had no idea why it, t- it took that long. We were actually like trying to figure it out because only one person knew that he stopped at the reserve and like they were kind of half awake for it. So they didn't really remember it until later. So we were actually puzzled, had no idea what happened. We thought we like went into a time vortex where you know, for some reason, part of our drive was just backtracked. But it just turned out he wanted to see this patch of grass. He got there, saw it wasn't really worth the trip, turned around and acted like nothing happened. <laughs> he was just like low key disappointed and, and can like tell you guys. So he just turned around real quick and just tried to hide it from you guys. Yeah, basically, that's that's what we've come to the conclusion to. Now, Dylan, I, I don't know. You can get in contact with him. He can have his own episode on this topic. Um <laughs> But I'm sure his story is different. But to my understanding, that is what happened. All right. Honestly, I would love to talk to Dylan to get to the bottom of this because it was something that I was just really curious about because it just like had me thinking, like, how is that even possible? Yeah, it it wasn't possible until, you know, yeah, factor in the unexpected detour of two, two plus hours. And then it all makes sense. All right. Well, I'll um, get in contact with him uh, at some point and uh, try to figure this out. See if I'll maybe I can get him to admit that he actually stopped at this patch of grass. Yeah, it'll be the expose of the century. Uh, that'd be great. Um, OK, so um, war by other means. Um, I'm, uh, you know, looking at the Bandcamp page, uh, Ron, I'm I, on the demo page, they don't have you listed as um, playing in the band. So I, I was just curious, um, uh, when did you uh, join uh, War By Other Means? Uh, so when War By The Means first started, it was just Nick and Brett. Uh, they wanted to have like a, not necessarily like a strife worship, but kind of like a 90s metalcore uh, type of project. And... They just wanted to keep it low key and just, you know, kind of have it be a special thing. Um, they had uh, Drew Stark from, uh, he plays in Candy, plays in Trail, uh, plays in Big School, um, Wild Side. Plays in Wild Side. He's, he's, in, he's in a lot of stuff in he's the in Northeast. He's in every good band. He's in every good band going right now. And uh, he helped with, you know, uh, writing. And he, he played he played drums on it. And uh, once the demo came out for it and everything, he was like, yeah, I can't really commit to this. So uh, they were just trying to figure out what they could do with the lineup. At first, it was just uh, it was just the members of Clear Focus for the time being until they found someone like some other people. And at the time, I was pretty busy with Selective Regression, but uh, things kind of came to a halt with that. And it just lined up to where 
uh, in the summer. So a couple months after the demo came out, they just asked me to be a permanent member on bass, which at the time I had never really been a bassist. Uh, it had probably been, I want to say four ish years since I've actually picked up a bass for a, a band for real. So I was kind of thrown off because it's really, it's bass heavy and it's music. There's like straight up solos that open songs and stuff. But, uh, I don't really want to speak for myself, but I think I pulled it off pretty well. I think you can't really tell that <laughs> I kind of learned how to play bass five months ago. So he also plays bass in every band he's in right now. Yeah, I only play bass now. So <laughs> quick tip. If anybody ever asks you to play bass, say no, unless you want to play bass forever. <laughs> That's um pretty funny um so did you um so when you uh picked a bass for war by other means and somehow you're now playing bass in all these other bands um was that by choice or uh, was that just something you just did because you could fill that role because you already had the equipment for war by other means well i actually i don't have any bass equipment i have to bum don't be fooled yeah i i I don't have any bass equipment i bum (laughs) it off of people so um it's just I guess I got the style down right for hardcore because it is kind of a specific way to play. And um, it's just kind of how the cards felt where me and Nick were pretty comfortable uh, for standalone on as a drum and bass uh, combo. And I was pretty comfortable with the uh, old War Brother Means drummer as a drum and bass combo. And it's kind of a hole that needed to be filled a little bit. So... I, I don't mind stepping up, and as long as I'm contributing, uh, that's all that matters to me. Will you ever purchase your own base equipment? Uh, that is high on the priority list, but funds are pretty low. I, I will share you the link to my GoFundMe um, to get get me some equipment. <laughs> I I do not like using other people's stuff. It's very anxiety-inducing, and... Um, I'm just so fearful I'm going to mess something up or I'm going to break something every time I play. And it's, uh, it is pretty stressful and I could see the dread on people's faces whenever I ask them, Hey, could I borrow your, your head and your bass so I could play? You pick? Yeah, no, I got my own picks. I got my own picks. That's <laughs> okay. That's uh, a start. Yeah. I got my own picks and whenever I break a string, I always pay for the strings. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm on my way. I just got a couple things I got to hurdle over first. All right. And I um, wouldn't mind sharing um, your GoFundMe link to help you get that equipment. Yep. Uh, I actually don't have a GoFundMe, but I, I might start one after this episode, depending on how how far this campaign can go. Get right of base. All right. Um, okay. So more questions about the band. Uh, you guys put out the demo in, uh, 2018, um, in February. And then in, um, last month you guys released, um, was it just like, would you call it a promo tape or how you guys? Yeah. yeah um, yeah, it was, a, it was a, just a promo. Okay. Um, do you guys uh, have like um, any idea uh, when you're going to do like a full release, like a like a full length, or maybe like an EP? So we uh, we actually recorded a record over the summer, um, and LDB was going to put it out, and there was four songs. Two of the songs we really loved. The other two, we liked them. Uh, they just kind of weren't really fitting what we were going for. So 
we kind of scrapped them. So we just put the two out that we like for a promo just to get them out because we've been sitting on them for so long. Um, and then uh, right now we're uh, trying to figure out who's going to play what in this band because um, the kind of the goal was get through the tour and then figure out what we're like, what the fuck we're doing after that. So uh, it's looking like I might move to drums and uh, we, we got some other guitar players in mind. So we'll see what happens with uh, with that. And then we'll start writing and see, see where we go from there. LDB, um, LDB, like, is you know, still wants to work with us and they've been really cool. So I think that's still I think that's still the play. But we'll see what happens and how long it takes to figure out um, like our situation. Do you think um, it'll be a while till you actually find solid members, or do you have like legit people like um, uh, stack? We got we got we got friends like uh, that that are definitely definitely interested. It it just there's a lot of um, it just depends on a lot of things um, because of like school and and uh, jobs for um, some of these people. So uh, we don't I don't want to confirm anything yet, but we we have some ideas and some we have some options. So um, we'll figure it out. We definitely definitely want to keep this band going. It's a lot of fun. Um, um, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think I think you guys are awesome, uh, and I you know I, like obviously would love to see you guys live. So I hope you guys are able to um, figure it out and continue the band, and you know eventually make it out west. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's definitely we were talking about doing that this summer actually, but we we got we got to stop saying yes to everything and start like making sure we have all our ducks in a row first. You know. Um, the band's definitely gonna keep going. Def- definitely gonna start writing some new music soon. Just gotta figure out <laughs> what's going on. So, um, is there any chance that anybody will ever hear those other two songs that you um, didn't release? Yeah, a hundred percent. But uh, I can't tell you where or why. But we'll let you know. They'll they'll be out in some capacity. Yeah. Okay. All right. That, that that's good to know because um, you know I um, you know think about you guys are sitting on these two tracks that um, you know aren't your I guess the more favorable ones that you guys recorded out of the four. But um, I, I feel like um, you know what if there's that chance that uh, the fans of War by Other Means actually love those songs. So I just um, you know am asking because obviously um, I would like to hear it at some point. Yeah, um, actually, one of the tracks is probably one of my favorite to come out of Buffalo Hardcore in the time I've been involved with playing music and stuff. So I'm definitely hoping that uh, it'll see the light of day in some capacity. Um, I would just like to apologize in case you can hear the beeping. We are uh, we are driving right now. <laughs> we're, we're in motion right now. Yeah, we got our mobile rig going on <laughs> with the uh, <laughs> with the microphone. That's um, that's cool. Um, as long as you guys are uh, you know being safe out there on the road, that's all I care about. Going ninety, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Pedal well, to the metal. Well, you, you guys might be the first guests ever to get a speeding ticket live on the podcast. I just hope you like Aerosmith because that's all we're listening to. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Okay, so how um, did you guys uh, get involved with um, Buffalo Hardcore? And uh, were you guys um, both uh, born and raised um, there in New York, or um, do you guys just uh, end up there just through life? Um, yeah, I, I was born born here, and uh, I believe I believe Ron was too. Yeah, I mean, I live in in the uh, general area. But yeah, not. 
I live in Niagara Falls, which is like a half hour out from Buffalo. And Nick lives on uh, Grand Island, which is about 15, 20 minutes. So we're, we're not actually from the city limits of Buffalo, but we are Buffalo blood. We are Buffalo hardcore. Yeah, we are Buffalo hardcore. Hey, I got something sure. to say about it. I'll give you my address. Come to my dad's house. <laughs> <laughs> Come to my dad's house. All right. Um, um, I kind of got involved with playing in kind of, you know, some some nobody bands opening for kind of like scene acts, like, uh, you know, getting in or being as an ocean, stuff like that. And when I was in high school still, and uh, that's where I met Brett, who he fronts, he fronted Clear Focus and he fronts uh, War by the Means. And, you know, through thick and thin, me and him have always been pretty tight in the circle. And, he always had this interest in bringing hardcore back to Buffalo as it was when we were kind of too young to experience it. There was this venue here called the funeral home that it was like independently run, definitely underground. And like anytime, like a, a kind of a cool package came, it was going to that. It, it was an abandoned funeral home that had an apartment in it. And the guy that uh, lived in the apartment would just, set up and like have bands play in the actual like funeral home hall and uh i only went to one show there it was uh trapped under ice backtrack um take offense uh i think i don't know i, I might be it's been a while it was like 2011 when that happened and then the next night terror had their keepers of the faith tour I th- i'm pretty sure code orange was on that and they, they came through buffalo and they played the funeral home and soon after it, it closed and once it closed, there was this gap in, in Buffalo where it was just like the only thing that was coming through was those scene core bands, was those, uh, you know, kind of hot topic type of deal. And there, it felt like there was no underground um, in the way that it had been so strongly before because you had crowds from Canada coming through. You had people from Syracuse coming through and um, – he kind of always wanted to get it back to that point. So he thought the best way to kind of do it is to just start playing in bands. He, he started Clear Focus with Nick here. Uh, just, you know, a young straight edge band. Uh, everybody called them youth crew, but they didn't really sound it at all. <laughs> yeah, we put on a demo. There was like, there was like two youth crew kind of songs. And we were, we've been labeled ever since. We put out a record like in, uh, what was it, 2017? Or was it, it was it was like the first week of 2018 yeah um and it was just in our eyes just a straight up hardcore record and and we were covering integrity and stuff and people were still calling us a youth group band so i guess we were a youth group band but. um and then from that i i was not involved with clear focus and i've been straight edge uh going on 11 years now i, claim, I this is gonna sound crazy i claimed when i was 11 a lot of people don't believe me when i say that but cm punk was a kind of a huge influence on me as a kid i was a big wrestling fan and uh i had some issues with my father due to his addiction and stuff and i never wanted to be like him and when i saw some guy you know wrestling in tights claiming this thing called straight edge abstaining from drugs and all this stuff i was like yeah that's me and i, I want to do that and you know i've never touched anything my whole life and nothing meant more to me than straight edge so seeing my friends in a straight edge band gave me the itch so uh myself my uh friend bailey who played in one of those kind of nobody bands with me we're like yo let's get together let's let's 
let's do something straight edge. Let's make Buffalo straight edge a thing. So it's it's more than just one band. And we hit up Julie, um, and we got this kid who goes by Crispy uh, to play bass well, for us. We, we called him Crispy. I yeah. don't think he goes by Crispy. Yeah, actually, I think we're the only people that called him Crispy. We got him to play bass for Select the Progression, and then kind of for about a year, it was just Buffalo Straight Edge, Clear Focus, Select the Progression. And uh, through that, we found our own kind of spaces to play. Uh the bassist of uh, Clear Focus, his parents are both lawyers, and they have a law firm in downtown Buffalo with a rec room upstairs that they only use like once or twice a year. And we got the idea, I, I can't remember who threw the idea first of throwing shows up there, and they were really hesitant at first. Um, we just should like, have a meeting with them, like sit down with them and map it out. How, we, wait, how did that meeting go? Because I, I feel like trying to I, explain so shows to people is really weird. So I've been friends with Greg for like eight or nine years now. Probably eight years now. Like since like high school. He's, he's like my first like real best friend. And so I know his parents super well. So we were kind of planting the seed um, to them. And they just kind of weren't having it. Um, but Brett can pretty much persuade anyone to do anything. Like He, he could talk you out of your socks, no problem. Yeah, and uh, we kind of just talked to him about it um, a bunch of times. And, yeah, I don't know. They, they met up with him, and, uh, well, Brett met up with his parents, and uh, they made it happen. So next thing I knew, we were doing um, we were doing a record release for Clear Focus at the firm. It was be like the first firm show. So. And uh, they, they had – Rightfully so, they had their worries about it, you know, think getting damaged. They're also lawyers. It's like their job, like yeah, they're, they're, it's their job to be, you know, looking at it in legal, legal uh, eyes. So we made sure, you know, to respect the space, make sure everything was cool, and it went over so well. Everybody had such a good time. Nothing got, you know, nothing got too messed up. So for a little bit there the firm kind of became our spot for bigger shows and we had a couple right in a row that were, were just massive we had the clear focus record release was pretty big they uh they booked it right they had a band from syracuse they had a a, a final show for not necessarily an older band but a band that hadn't played in a while in buffalo um it was it was their final show in buffalo and then uh, they had Watchdogs from Richmond play, and I, Selective Regression played, and then um, Pure Heel, a uh, a Buffalo hardcore outfit, opened in the show. It's kind of like a different meshing of scenes because there is kind of a little bit of a not necessarily a divide, but it's just different crews in Buffalo hardcore. I I don't we had no beef or anything at all. It's just like we had we didn't really cross like bridge the gap at this point so we had them play and uh it went over super well there's well attended a couple months later on uh saint patrick's day buffalo new york actually i'm pretty sure has the largest saint patrick's day parade celebration in north america i'm either the number one or number two yeah it's, it's number one or number two and uh the firm the location of it it's right where the parade is it's downtown buffalo so naturally we decided to uh have a show 
on the St. Patrick's Day parade with mostly straight edge out. I think it was all straight edge. Yeah. Uh, well, it was blind justice, regulate, trail of lies, and then clear focus and selective aggression opened it. And that show, I think that may have been one of the bigger ones, like out of its top three biggest shows that we had and through ourselves. And when I say we, I just want to give all the credit that I can give to Evan Duckett and Brett uh, Byro. They're the ones really getting the packages here and getting the shows built. So when I say we, that's what I'm talking about. It's Brett and Evan. Um, so that from there, it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And then we kind of hit a wall where we weren't having um, as big of turnouts as we were getting for those earlier shows. Like we had inclination come through. It was pretty big. So we were like, we got to have a spot that's kind of smaller and really save the firm for when something big comes through. So around the corner from the firm, there's a small little cafe. And now I don't know what the deal was with how uh, I think Brett found it, but he just put in inquiries like, yo, you guys do like art stuff. And well, you guys, they were doing punk shows. Then. Yeah, they were having punk shows and stuff. So Brett was like, yo, could we, could we do hardcore shows here? And it, um, I, what's her name? Is her name Megan? Oh, damn. Um, I, if I if I misquote that, I am so sorry. If you could she's redact very, that, she's very nice. She's very nice. <laughs> the owner of the Grindhouse uh, Cafe on Allen in uh, downtown Buffalo. It's a very small room. If you get twenty people in there plus bands, it's going to be wall to wall, shoulders to shoulder. It's packed out, and it's a good time. So we found the big room. We got the smaller room now, and I, I think now we're in full swing. So. Buffalo Hardcore is definitely back on the up as compared to what it was before. And, and we have a bunch of bands and a lot of y- very young kids coming, like we, like 14-year-old, 15-year-old, like very young high schoolers coming to shows and starting bands. So that's the coolest part, I think. Just want to give a shout-out to Faultline. It's composed of 13- and 14-year-olds, and then my old ass plays bass for them for the time being until they <laughs> find somebody who can, who can play. But those Mason... Will, Alex, those kids, they're really leading the pack on the young kids. They're bringing, you know, their freshman friends out to shows. Yeah, they bring like 20, 30 people out to a show, like, sometimes. And they're all young, and they're all excited about what's going on, and they're keeping it fresh, and it's really keeping us in check, too. Like, I feel like a grumpy old man when I'm around them. I'm only 22. So uh, that's, that's the state of Buffalo Hardcore right now. 100 percent on the up and we're on top i could also a ton of shows that aren't announced yet that are insane and also some shows that are announced that are also insane there's there's just a lot going on especially this summer so uh yeah uh in the first week of may i believe we have combust and mill spec playing and then uh in june oh there's also a barbecue of local bands um, playing Buffalo and, 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 Miracle, and, playing it. and Miracle Drug uh, playing, uh, I think it's Memorial Day weekend. And then in June, uh, Chokehold Cold for the love of Juggernaut, um, War, by the Means. War by the Means, Reign of Salvation. I think maybe one more. Oh, there's a, in April, there's a Year of the Knife. Oh, Year of the Knife, Vamachara coming to uh, Buffalo. And it's, it's all because of the work that Brett, 
Nick, Greg, Evan, myself, you know, we've all put in. Yeah, Brett and Evan are definitely, uh, they're bringing in the show. Like, it's like becoming like regular now. Like, every month we got some cool stuff coming, it seems like. so. And it's all because of people reaching out to Brett and Evan, and they're, they're the ones that are making it happen. So I cannot give enough love and credit to Evan Duckett and Brett Byro. That's awesome. I love the fact that, um, you know, you mentioned young kids, um, you know, starting bands and, um, you know, bringing boatloads of young kids to shows because like I've said this before on, on the podcast, the, the youth in hardcore, you know, is very important because those guys, um, girls, um, they're the future. So to have them come around, um, and see things and, um, take it in and start bands, um, uh, book shows, do whatever to, you know, keep this alive. It, it, it's very important. So I, I think it's really cool to hear that you guys have that going on um, in a strong swing um, up in Buffalo. I think that's really awesome. Yeah, I, we just it felt like Buffalo was kind of becoming flyover territory. And we just want it to be known that we're definitely an A-list spot for hardcore right now. Thing too. Uh, we kind of know we kind of like started to appreciate Buffalo even more after this tour. The tour was great, the one we just did with War by the Means. But in Buffalo, there's no there's no cool guy like bullshit. There's no stand outside for sets. Like everyone is up front. Everyone is having fun, however they're doing it. Like tons of young kids like popping off. They have no idea what they're doing. They're having fun, dodging fists from Brett. Like it's a uh, it's definitely like a special, special thing right now. I, I think it's a, uh, I think it's only gonna grow, especially um, with all these young kids kind of being exposed. Like who, who knows, uh, who knows what'll happen with that? Like there might be, like hopefully next year there's more like young kid bands, you know. So that way, like all the bands from kind of doing it right now here aren't just uh, our friend group like rotating, you know. Yeah, because that could, um, you know, get to the point where it's like, uh, like a weird, like oversaturation where people are like, oh, like those guys are in like, you know, six different bands just kind of, um, you know, swapping instruments and, um, you know, the music could be totally different, but the fact that people see you guys so often could, you know, be like a turnoff. Right. Yeah. It's it's definitely <laughs> we've definitely been on the cusp of that, um, but. I think we kind of all found what we're uh, happy doing for right now and going to ride those out for a while, you know, and have fun with them. Um, Mason, the uh, he's, he's 14. He, he plays in Fall Line. Um, he also plays in, like, a bunch of our bands. Like, he's, like, a staple, like, in our friend group, like, in our, like, music circle, like, with starting bands and everything. Like, he – we met him, like, a year ago. We asked his mom to take him to a show with us and, like, had to get permission and stuff. And he's, like, one of the boys now. And – we have to like remind ourselves that he's straight up 14 years old and not 20. I mean, he's getting taller than me and Brett and like, I mean, the kid's voice is deeper than all of ours. Like (laughs) you kind of, it's, it's easy to forget how young he is sometimes, but it's pretty fucking cool. He's cooler than I was when I was 14. That's for sure. Oh, that's, that's for a fact. And you know, I, uh, I was kind of hesitant when I, so when standalone first started, it was, fresh off of edge control ending and selective progression ending nearly in the same week. And I kind of had nothing going on and I had this demo already written and I hit up Sam from edge control. And I was like, 
you know, you want to do something with this? Just like, we'll start something new. And I did not know who to hit up for, you know, a lineup. And deep in my heart, I knew Mason was the fit. He was what I wanted. He had the right style of playing. But I just couldn't bring myself as a 21-year-old man to ask a 14-year-old to play in my band for me. But it's probably one of the best things I've done so far. He's He's gotten out. He's played out of town, which is something that I did not get to do when I was 14. Oh, yeah. We bring him to everything. We tried to bring him on this last tour. We, like, DM'd his mom and stuff, like, like begging her. And she, she wouldn't let him. She, we couldn't get – we couldn't uh, – Get her, let us bring him, but like, you know, we try to bring him to everything and have him involved in everything. He's a little ball of energy, and he's got, got a lot of talent. So, and, and pure love of hardcore, like you know, he's not like jaded and fucked up. He's he just he loves the music, he loves the energy, and he loves being around us. So, uh, I got me off sometimes. Holy <laughs> oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But I got nothing but love for the little buddy. That's awesome. I I, th- I think it's really important, um, you know, for him to have um, older friends in the scene, um, you know, who can help him, you know, get to gigs and you know get these experiences that he you know probably wouldn't have been able to do because he's so young, you know. Because I think back to when I first got into hardcore, I was fourteen, freshman in high school, and on MySpace, and I lived in an area where uh, there wasn't an active scene so to get to a legit show i had to you know travel an hour and a half two hours west but half the time i couldn't even go because i was so young i didn't drive i didn't have any friends in the beginning that were old enough to drive so um i eventually met um you know older people and they were nice enough to pick me up and take me to shows so the fact that um he has you guys i I think it's really awesome because you guys are gonna be able to uh, you know help him experience stuff that you know he'll be able to share with um you know his like you know uh, current generation hardcore or his younger friends that he meets when he plays that role in the future you know oh yeah and it also helps that we have the same exact sense of humor too yeah i was yeah. gonna say that it also helps that we are uh, pretty much the same age as him yeah <laughs> in, in our in our mind and the way that you know we, we we poke fun at things but yeah i mean we brought him with us when we did the one step closer choice to make weekend in october we played uh we played Buffalo, Boston, and E Block in uh, New Brunswick, and just I. This is the most. This is the best way I could describe Mason. Okay, we're driving through New York, or through the nights to get to uh, get to E Block, and he just wakes up from a deep sleep off of resting on my shoulder, sees that I'm on Twitter, grabs my phone, types out, "Good night, everybody," and then hits send and then goes back to sleep and then when he wakes up he has no recollection that it ever happened so he's he's a funny little guy i i'll I'll say that that's kind of (laughs) scary i (laughs) i'd I'd be kind of weirded out like okay wait is he like possessed or is he making a joke i don't know i i i don't know what he was doing but uh, I didn't get any likes on the tweet. I also didn't delete it because I thought it was just yeah, funny. He also didn't brush his teeth the entire weekend. Yeah, sorry, Mason. Your breath stinks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you really got to brush your teeth. Well, at least he has real friends like you guys to tell him that and not just let his breath stink. Oh, yeah. No, especially when we're confined in this SUV. It's the the five of us plus our gear and our merch. He was right in my my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> 
I could taste, dude. It was smelled so bad. I I can only describe it as like, oh man, it was. It's like dead grass coming out of his mouth. It was weird. I we we did not let him get away with it at all. Like anytime he would just kind of like breathe too hard and we could all smell it. We're just like, yo, dude, you really got to do something, man. <laughs> You, not, um, not trying to be too hard on the kid, but no, it's all good. That's uh, no, it's a good thing that, that you guys will um, you know, uh, tell him how it is because uh, you know, it's better to have that than you know, fake friends not tell you that your breath stinks and just puts up with it. Yeah, uh, Nick just departed us for a little bit. He showed me his voice memo and said I had to shit really bad, so I, I let him go. <laughs> It's just me and you for a minute. <laughs> for sure, it's all good. Um, you uh, briefly mentioned um, merch. Um, who do you guys go through for your merch? So for a while, we were kind of like uh, going through different, uh, you know, online merch pressing stuff. Or you know, there's people in Buffalo that do it. But we actually found our own equipment. And since we found the equipment, we've been printing our own stuff. It's been... Uh, Greg, Brett, and Drew kind of coming together and printing the stuff. Um, all of the merch that we just did for this tour, we printed ourselves. All the merch we printed for that One Step Closure weekend, we printed ourselves. Um, they printed merch for the Elite and Fault Line. Uh, it's At first, it was kind of a little bit shaky because they were just working out their own kinks, but now it's just like full swing. Everything's coming out good. And no complaints. So we, we're kind of doing everything ourselves here in Buffalo. That honestly, that's pretty awesome because I was going to mention that I know a guy that's not too far from you that does merch. Um, but the fact that you do it yourselves, that's um, even better. Yeah, it's just like, of course, we would love to support somebody close to like to here. But it's it's also just like from a budget standpoint, it's cheaper to just do it ourselves. And if you can do it right and do it good, you know, it's you're better off just going that route. It's not like we're trying to print anything crazy with like 3D designs or anything. It's just kind of plain over a shirt because um, that's just kind of our style. And it, it works. And um, <coughs> at the end of the day, it just kind of makes us more independent and uh, we don't really have to rely on anyone else. It's kind of buffalo hardcore for itself that, that's really awesome and i love um you know hearing you uh you know keep saying buffalo hardcore i love when people take pride in their scene yeah it's it's seeing as we've kind of been here really pumping air into this thing um it's hard not to you know take pride in it i i have a lot of love for, for where i'm from and uh, just seeing how things are, even though I probably don't put in as much work as some of the other people, I could still appreciate what's going on and what's happened. So it's, it's a good time to be in Buffalo. So you're straight edge. You're from Buffalo. Um, one band that comes to mind, um, is this band called rhinoceros. Are you familiar with them? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Rhinoceros. They, um, I'm going to be honest, I'm not too familiar with their music, but I know for a fact 
that their impact was enormous when they were around. Like, uh, whenever I mention I'm from Buffalo and I'm straight edge, it's like a 50-50 shot. Somebody's going to mention rhinoceros. They, they were huge. They were big. Yeah, they um, it was so crazy um, because this was like, you know, back when uh, Seventh Dagger was like super huge and all the bands were like super active. Um, I I got to see them like uh, like countless times. It was crazy. Yeah, they they, they went out and they did the thing. Now, Joe Riverside, the, the front man of that band, he owns a pizza shop in Buffalo. They have the best pizza I've ever had. It's their vegan buffalo chicken. Okay. And I might be a little biased because I'm uh, I'm vegan now, and that's like kind of the only pizza I can get around here that's like worthwhile. It is incredible. They got their house made seitan, banana peppers. I'm pretty sure they use dire shreds, uh, and they have like a buffalo sauce. It's like tomato sauce with some uh, sort of buffalo spice in it. It's just incredible. I love it. So, Joe Riverside and Rhinoceros have done a lot for Buffalo, and Joe Riverside is particular has done a lot for my belly so that's awesome uh, do, have you ever gone in there and like talked to him about hardcore he's very intimidating and i don't know if he i i, I don't know if I, <laughs> I have the uh the balls to go up and, and invoke a conversation with him about that but i'm sure he would be nice it's just i'm kind of a shy guy and uh i, I don't know I, I i just let him make his pies back there <laughs> Dude, I feel like you have to talk to him at some point about hardcore because, you know, Buffalo, you guys have so much in common. I, I feel like, okay, do you think he knows when you're in there? Do, do you think he realizes that there's like hardcore kids in his sh- pizza shop or does he probably look at you guys just like normal people? No, he, I, I mean, I, I'm usually wearing, I'm decked out in some sort of uh apparel that would lead you to think I'm a hard hardcore kid. And he's been at shows that we've played and stuff. Okay. So I, it's just like, I don't know. I just don't want to, I guess I'm just kind of give him the respect of space and not be like, Oh man. So what was uh Buffalo hardcore like 10 years ago? Cause I, I don't know if he wants to have that conversation. <laughs> so Joe Riverside, if you're listening to this and you see me on uh, Wednesday when you have your vegan pizza special and you're like, you know what? I will talk to you about Buffalo hardcore. Go ahead please approach me but i will just give you your space while you're working all right i, f- I feel like at some point you have to have that conversation yeah it, it's gotta happen i just as much as i can avoid contact with you know somebody i don't really know too well that kind of i don't know i just not to say that i have like a respect my elders type of deal but it's just like i don't know if they want to talk about that or not because maybe they don't want to be reminded of that so for sure i feel like i'm the guy um i'll you know i'm just like okay if the opportunity is there if it you know could go wrong i'm like all right it's just gonna suck if it does but like it you know the opportunity could never be there again so i just had to take that chance so if if i were there i'd be like i'd probably find some way to like talk to him i probably wouldn't be bothering him while he's like making pies but um you know i don't know i probably try to find some way to like respectfully talk to him uh yeah actually i'm i'm remembering now i was with sam from uh standalone he came to buffalo uh i can't remember oh he was he came here to see the descendants 
And uh, he hit me up to hang out beforehand. He's literally my best friend on the planet. So I was like, yes, we will go get pizza or whatever. And we're in Allentown Pizza. And this was when those uh, jokes were going around of the like the, the Ligma or the Sugma type deal. Okay. And I, I hit him with the, do you like Imagine Dragons? And he goes, no, why? I said, well, imagine dragging these nuts on your face. And I've never heard somebody laugh so hard in my life. And it just like kind of became contagious. And I started laughing really hard, too. And then I just look over and it's just Joe Riverside just kind of like staring at us while we're crying, laughing over this elementary joke. So <laughs> I just at that point, I definitely was not thinking, hey, let me go ask him about Buffalo Hardcore. But that, that that's his thought of you. He, he, now, every time he sees you, he's like, oh, that's the Imagine Dragons guy. Yeah, that, yeah, that that's that guy. So maybe, I don't know. I just uh, <laughs> I I saw him, Candy and a and Abuse of Power. That package just hit Buffalo over the weekend, and he was at the show. But there are so many people there, and we literally had just come back from that shackled weekend. Literally mm-hmm. a twenty-hour drive to get home, and uh, I was just so shot. I I just did not want to talk to anybody. So. Uh, I was going to say something to him at, at that point, so I have thought about it, but. All right. Well, we'll um, put that on ice for now, but uh, <laughs> I'll have to check in with you in the future and see if it's happened. Oh, for sure. Um, one thing uh, I, w- I wanted to bring up um, was uh, going back to Twitter. You tweeted um, an image of you beating Resident Evil 2 remake. Yeah, um, I'm a huge Resident Evil fan. I've beaten all of them. I think there's one campaign of Resident Evil Six I didn't finish. It was the uh, it was the campaign with Wesker's son and uh, uh, the girl from Resident Evil Two. But I, I'm a huge fan. I, I I've always loved the games. Resident Evil Four is one of my favorite games of all time. And when they came out with uh, you know, the remake with kind of the Resident Evil 4 engine using the Resident Evil 7 graphics, I was like, yeah, there's no way I cannot play that and beat it. I beat it four times that weekend, so. You know, when um, I saw your image, I was like, okay, I need, I need to stop slacking um, and actually beat it. So you're, you posting that gave me motivation to actually beat it with a S-plus ranking Oh yeah, I see. I just I just beat it to beat it. I didn't. I think I got an S. I didn't get an S plus though. Um, it that week, I was sick. Buffalo got hit with a blizzard, so my work was closed. I had the days off. I was like, you know what? I'm not leaving until this thing is done. And I, I, uh, I, I felt pretty accomplished. Well, you buckled down and you went for it. I, I buckled down and I went for it. And Nicholas is back from his bathroom break. <laughs> oh, I wish you didn't tell him, though. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I actually let him know about your voice or your uh, <laughs> your your notepad memo. So <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, for the best of all of us, that I did that. Um, yeah, so he's getting irritable. Going uh, back to Resident Evil Two, um, like how um, satisfied were you with that game? So it's a, it was a pretty quick playthrough once you beat it through once. The graphics were good. It paid enough homage to the original to where I was satisfied. It just makes me wish that they would make a new game that was longer 
with that type of horror in mind. Resident Evil 7 was pretty good, but nothing beats a zombie shoot em up. Did um did you ever play that uh demo on the um PS4 uh PT? I did not get my hands on it. No, I, I I've heard nothing but f- amazing things about it. I wish I would have been able to play it. It's that looks like some true survival horror that I would get down with. I honestly feel like um, that uh, demo pushed uh, Capcom to actually bring Re- Resident Evil back to like more of like the horror side because um, from what I can remember, um, PT was like a test demo because um, it was like I forget what the code name was for, but um, it was supposed to be like a like a um, the Silent Hills game with Hideo uh, um, um, Kojima. Yeah, and uh, the guy from Walking Dead. I, I'm forgetting his name right now. Um, Del Toro, right? No, no, no. It was, yeah, Del, Del Toro was directing it, but the, they had like an actor in it. Oh, you're talking about Norman um, Reedus. Yeah, Norman Reedus. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely agree because after PT came out and everybody had such hype about it and then, you know, the Silent Hills game never coming out. Uh, definitely left a void for people to want that kind of like first person, you know, around the corner horror. And it was, I think Resident Evil 7 delivered pretty hard. Yeah, and I'm not like so. I I have the, like this weird thing where I get like um like motion sickness. So spinning in circles, um, first person games like you know mess me up. Um, I played Resident Evil Seven like a ton of times just because like I thought the game like for like the franchise at the time it was just like like amazing and it was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah, I actually I played uh kind of the first half of it with the VR headset on and it was just so motion sickness inducing. I couldn't do it. And also it was scary as all fuck. So I opted out and just played it, you know, normal style after it, it it kind of felt a little bit smooth though, a little bit natural in the way that you're kind of like walking around. Um, it's definitely one of my favorite resident evils for sure. I would say top three. Yeah, I'm. I hope. Uh, I so I'm like you know being greedy right now. But um, overall, my favorite Resident Evil is Resident Evil Three because I'm a big like Jill Valentine fan. So oh, you got love Jill. Yeah, so I'm like crossing my fingers that they continue this trend and at some point um, remake Three because um, you know part of it takes place in the police department. They have like you know the structure of it from the Resident Evil Two remake. So I feel like. Um, it could happen. So I've actually, uh, I've heard quite some evidence that it's possible that that will happen. Cause, um, right now I'm pretty sure Capcom's working on Resident Evil eight. I think they want to put it out with the Resident Evil three remake alongside of it. And like, just like some small hints of Resident Evil two, that could kind of point to, that being the truth like in that bathroom in the uh, i think it's the second floor of the east side of the police station there's that wall that's like completely tore out and it it looks like it's too small for mr x to have done it but just right for nemesis to have done it so that's just a piece of evidence that i like i saw the internet kind of speculating like oh maybe they are working on the Resident Evil 3 remake. It would sell good. They already have kind of the 
AI for Nemesis with uh, Mr. X. You just got to kind of tweak it a little bit. And they already have most of the backgrounds rendered and everything. So could be cool. I would definitely be into it. But real quick, um, top three Resident Evils. Number one, got to go Resident Evil 4. Okay. Uh, number two, Resident Evil 0. Number three, Ooh. Resident Evil 7. Okay, zero. And so, um, are you a big fan of Rebecca? Yeah, I just I love the mechanic of. Uh, sorry, Nick started playing an Instagram video. <laughs> uh, I love the mechanic of like switching between the characters, and I kind of like the way how the game, uh, how it looked. I I just love you know that Resident Evil One remake, the and uh, just the graphics of those games, and I. I kind of like prequels. I think they're cool. Like, I think that they're done right. They're pretty awesome. Okay. Can I give you my top three? Yeah, go ahead. All right. I want to go with um, director's cut because like, that's like what got me into the whole series. So director's cut, Code Veronica X. Oh, classic. Yeah. Such a good one. And Resident Evil 2 remake. Yeah. Um, Actually, oh man, I don't know. I love Veronica. That game was so good. Uh, I had that was one of like the first games I had for my PlayStation Two. My my uh, my stepdad had it. Okay. And I would always play it, but I was not good enough to like. I was only like four or five playing this, and I was not good enough to, you know, get get off the island or whatever, like that first level. But when I got older, I went back and I replayed it, and it's just like the story of like. Steve and you know finding uh, <laughs> finding Chris and you know that final battle between uh, Chris and Wesker, it's just so cool. Uh, do you, do you ever watch um like people do speed runs on like Twitch or YouTube? Yeah, I, I I watch some. It just gets to the point where they're doing stuff so fast and just like so quick. It's just like not necessarily annoying, but it's just like. It's hard for me to keep up, but it is definitely impressive. I wish I had that talent. Okay, because I, I was gonna suggest um, like my favorite like Resident Evil speedrunner. Uh, I think he might be like the most popular one. I'm not sure, but his name's a uh, Carcinogen. Carcinogen. Yeah. Uh, the, I saw somebody that kept on finding these like these like walkway glitches in Resident Evil Two, the remake. Where is it? Was that him that did that? He had like the Joker ABI. It might be somebody else. I'm yeah, I think of. that might be somebody else because he's famous for um, he like uh, did a um, uh, a speed run like no uh, he did like a the first like no damage um, speed run on um, hardcore. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, I it's just with speed running I can super appreciate it but it's just like I can't. I don't know. I can't find myself watching somebody super run through a video game in, you know, an hour or two. I, I would much rather just watch like a video of Gordon Ramsay yelling on YouTube or something. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Like no hate on the, you know, the spectacle of it or anything. I, like I love watching like Super Mario speed runs and stuff, but uh, just like games like Metal Gear, or, like Resident Evil, it's like hard for me to watch a speed run. 
that's fair the only times i really ever watch speed runs um there's like this event on twitch that happens um twice a year it's this um group called uh like games done quick and then they do like summer games done quick and it's just like a big uh charity for for cancer like it literally runs for like a week straight like 24 hours and um they have like all these like crazy um like people come out to the event and um showcase their speed runs um all while um the people viewing it home or wherever they're at um donate money into this charity to um uh, search for the cure for cancer yeah, I, like stuff like that's super tight. I love when people like use like the power of video games and tournaments and speed runs to help a, a, a charitable cause and like something that's definitely worthy of it. So um, that would be cool. I would love to watch a speed run in person. I just feel like that just adds so much edge to it, you know, and um, like the, the fear is there for the person doing it, like the. It's, that that would be entertaining watching a speed run in person because when they, if they mess up or something we could all just go whoa like right there in their face <laughs> yeah um all right well I, i'm glad I, I got to ask you about um resident evil and it's it, it's cool to know that um, you're actually a huge fan because i didn't know um you actually liked it um that much you know based off that one picture you posted yeah i i love resident evil I, it's oh man nick is just showing me the craziest pictures of people's faces right now um i've always been such a huge fan of resident evil i've, I've been a huge metal gear head um it, it's it's one of the things i kind of don't really like super broadcast because i don't really have as much time as i did before for you know story-based video games stuff like that but it's it's sick i love resident evil i even love the movies truth be told they're even though i know they're a pile of dog shit yeah. i love watching for sure. It's it's um like I, I just have to like kind of suspend my Resident Evil knowledge for the most part um, and I'll watch the movies like I, I think they're yeah, it, they're fun, but they're not the best things. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, if if you know, you, you get the right director and they do it correct, there'll be some straight pure quality cinema. But I love you know, fast food dog shit that they give us for these, the six movies that they did. Yeah. I can appreciate it. Like it wasn't what I wanted it to be, but you know, whatever that's Hollywood. I, I feel like, um, video game movies are just cursed forever. Actually Resident Evil apocalypse. Uh, the credits of that movie, they play vermilion by slipknot and the end of heartache by kill switch engage. And that's actually, the first time i was like introduced to like heavier music so oh wow yeah my my dad he would my, my stepdad i call him my dad because you know he raised me since i was you know three years old he would like just play the credit scene just so he could hear the two songs and i was like yo this is like mad good what is this and then i started listening to kill switch engage in like the second or third grade and it, i just kind of went down the rabbit hole from there that's awesome. That's so crazy that, um, you know, Resident Evil, something that you love, uh, like kind of, uh, you know, steered you down this path to this other thing that, you know, right now is like a big part of your life. Yeah, I just want to give a shout out to whoever put together the soundtrack, Resident Evil Apocalypse. I know Marilyn Manson did the first movie, but I think it was somebody else for the second one. Huge shout out. Thanks for getting me into hardcore. 
<laughs> that's awesome. That, that that's such a um, an interesting way to um, get into it. And like, I love hearing um, you know people's like origin stories, like how they found like found out about hardcore. Yeah, I I I listen to like Slipknot. I definitely came from like when you get into hardcore, you either come from the punk side of things or the metal side of things. I'm 100 percent on the metal side. I don't really find myself listening to too much punk in my free time but it's not like i hate it like i i can hear the appeal it's just i just like you know some crazy ass double bass parts or um you know just just some gnarly guitar riff you know yeah i definitely get that for for me i was um introduced to it like through like my, my sister she would like show me stuff on myspace um and i was fortunate enough to like one of the um, first bands i ever got into was uh terror yeah that's that's a, a really good entry point uh terror is probably the most influential hardcore band since the year 2000 so it's that's a good first uh first entry in yeah and then from there, I, I just kind of just went off in like every direction, just trying to like absorb anything that had to do with hardcore, like a sponge. Yeah, you just kind of spider web from there, which I mean, I got around to it in a, in a weird way. Like I, I, I listened to Killswitch Engage a lot. I listened to Slipknot and then I kind of like backtracked, got really into thrash, like 80s thrash. So like Metallica, things like that. And then uh, just like. Uh, like the hardcore scene around here kind of died out so i kind of got into like pop punk and stuff like that because that was like kind of the only shows that were going on Ooh. and then turnstile came out with non-stop feeling and i was like oh yeah this is actually the good stuff and i super got like deep dive in there like because i listened to trapped in the rise listen to terror but it wasn't like on my forefront but then you know just seeing this pop from turnstile i was like yeah this is it and it's just spider web from there. Listen to everything on Reaper. Get introduced to Triple B. Found out about Foundation. Like all this shit, just kind of spider web. So, so what kind of pop punk did you listen to? Uh, <laughs> uh, I was a huge Wonder Years fan. I actually went to their 10 year anniversary weekend that they did in 2015. I I got tickets to all three dates uh, before they sold out in like I think it was like 30 seconds. Um. I like the story so far a lot. I still listen to those bands today, but hardcore is definitely like my most listened to genre. Okay. I'm, I'm like a huge pop punk guy. So love the wonder years. Love the story so far. I like have this, um, like playlist that I made on Spotify that it's literally like, seriously, like the thing I listen to most. Yeah. It like, I mean, like I like, uh like fallout boy and you know when i was listening to pop punk i was listening to bands like oh man i don't even know if i want to say this on the air but <laughs> I, I was listening to like modern baseball and real friends and i just kind of fell out of it really quick because it just feels kind of like empty in their substance you know what i mean it just feels like they're being sappy for the sake of plays which like i don't know it just but like story so far in the wonder years and like turnover and like title fight those are bands that have real kind of it feels like they have real stakes in their music you know okay. not saying that real friends doesn't it just doesn't feel that way to me i feel the same way about real friends um i love modern baseball um 
I wish they would do more because um, I think they're a cool band. But uh, yeah, definitely love uh, Turnover. I am uh, actually soaked that I get to see them. I'm, I'm going to that uh, music festival, Coachella. Have you guys heard of it? Oh, Coachella. Yeah, yeah I, I have heard of Coachella. <laughs> okay. <laughs> OK, just w- wanted to make sure. But um yeah, I'm going this year because I so I grew up in the city called La Quinta and it's one city over from where they actually have that festival. So I've been like a million times like when I was younger, um, took the, I uh, went last year to see like a DJ and then I left. I like got in and got out. Um, but like I think the like the past like years before that, like I, I think I skipped out just because it just wasn't worth um, going to, in my opinion, because it's such a hassle going to like a giant festival like that. Um, and I, I like this really good friend. Um, he's like actually like one of my best friends. His name's Nate. Um, he uh, always um, hooks it up and gets me in. And I, I don't like to ask just because I know he gets bombarded like every year by like, you know, people like, you know, trying to get him to uh, get them in. But um, they gotta year. get that. Gotta get that GL. <laughs> um, but this year, uh, like him and I hang out like every weekend. Um, I'm actually gonna uh, hang out with him tomorrow. But he saw that um, Turnstile was playing, and he knows that I really like that band. So um, we like talked about it, and he said that if I wanted to go, um, I could just go with him. Well, if you got a plus one, I'll I'll take the flight out. <laughs> the flight out. Honestly, um, that whole weekend, I, I think like the thing that I'm most excited for is. Um, that Easter Sunday, because I'm going the, the the second weekend. That Easter Sunday, uh, Kanye West is doing like a Sunday service. Oh man, <laughs> Kanye is a character for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I I like I'm not like super um you know religious um but seeing uh, the videos of his Sunday service on like Instagram and like you know DMX was at one of them and it just looks like you know they're all having just like a good time so I, I'm like pretty excited to be able to see that in person yeah I it's definitely an entertaining spectacle and if I had the opportunity I 100% would go even though I'm not very religious myself so that I'm I'm envious that you get to take part in that well, I will report back once I experience it. Yeah, please, please let me know. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and honestly, uh, I, it's just going to be uh, you know crazy. Just because like I, I'm literally not a big fan of festivals because I'm like super antisocial and I, I just don't like being around a lot of people for long periods of time. So I'm just yeah. And Coachella just kind of looks like a a clusterfuck of just every type of. Uh, genre of people that i don't really mesh well with mm-hmm. but sometimes they have something sweet on the lineup like when raging as machine played i would i would have loved to have been there for that dude so i went that year and that was back when coachella wasn't as big as it is now like i literally walked up to the gate which you can't do now like you can't be within a mile of like the fest without like a bracelet these days but back then i walked up to like the gate and there was like scalpers outside and I literally bought a day ticket from a scalper. Wow. Yeah. Nowadays it's like you're going to fight tooth and nail to get into that place. Yeah. It's crazy. But, um, yeah, going this year, but not trying to make it like an every year thing just cause I know it's just going to be super crazy. Yeah. I, I think it's just like, 
the lineup is getting more and more mainstream and kind of away from like my personal taste seeing turnstile and turnover on it this year though that's pretty sick um but i just i don't know what they could do to maybe maybe do like a 50 year anniversary metallica set or something i'll go to see that but (laughs) um yeah i maybe it's one of those things i just would want to experience just to say that i did it but i'm not like dying to go don't they have like a big festival out in new york oh well where we are located so buffalo is about seven hours from new york city it's like a seven hour drive it's anything that's big is kind of happening around that area i i know that they're doing like a anniversary for woodstock yeah that's still like a six hour drive for us from here Okay, I think that lineup is trash, but yeah, I, I didn't. I can't even name one thing off that lineup. I remember looking at it and be like, "Well, I'm not going to that for sure." Yeah, somebody posted the a Woodstock '99 lineup, and I was like tripping out at like how many like good like artists were on there um, that we all like you know would love and die to see now versus like the lineup we're looking at for this year, and it's just like not nearly as impressive. Yeah, I mean, I they're just trying to commemorate the 50 years, and plus Woodstock '99 is probably one of the most like infamous festivals to have ever happened because of like what happened with the destruction and everything so i think they're trying to like stray away from that from that year in particular but i don't know i guess it's a cool history piece and like i'm sure it'll sell out i'm sure people will have fun but uh just not my tea i'll 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 go to a show in buffalo that night okay um ice cube playing though oh ice cube's playing well i don't just figure it out (laughs) <laughs> Nick's got the lineup here, but he doesn't know if it's real. Could be a could be a Photoshop. Fake flyer. Yeah, if it says Imagine Dragons on it, we'll know. Um. Yeah, I see Muse. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm good. I'm not going. Um. Speaking of festivals, um, have you guys ever been to like Sound and Fury? Uh, I wanted to go to Sound and Fury last year, but uh, I got hit with some crazy financial stuff all at once i wasn't even able to make it and the lineup this year i super wanted to go and it sold out in about 20 seconds flat so uh i have not i've actually never left the east coast this last run that we did out to uh louisville is the first i've ever been from home oh wow okay that's um or how was that experience playing in louisville so um we are signed to LDB and it's like based in Louisville and we got some homies out there and that was the most emotional, most fun set I've ever played in all of the bands that I've played. And it was, it was just so unexpectedly sick that I just, I literally had to turn around. And I started crying. Nick asked me if I got hit or something. We, uh, <laughs> yeah. They, we usually uh, the shows in, uh, are at Spinelli's. It's a pizza place. It's in like the basement, but they had to move it to a different Spinelli's, and it was just in like an unfinished back room. It literally unfinished, like apartment or like breaking down apartment. It was fucking weird, but cool. One second, I unplugged you. It's all good. So w- it was just like 
I was scared since it was so small that like we weren't really going to be able to have as much fun as we wanted to. But it was the last day of the tour. You know, we uh, Shackled has seen us in 10 days in a row. We've seen life's question uh, at that point, I think, six times. We knew the ups and downs of the set. We knew where to mosh. We knew where to have fun. And it was just basically the 10 of us all just going off, going crazy. Actually, I posted a clip of uh during life's question literally we all just take turns just taking over the small room and it's it's just one of the most it was just such a special show i and you know everybody that was you know a local and was there watching it was able to appreciate the the charm of the night and it was just it was so fun i love i have nothing but love for louisville that's awesome i I've never like from like home California Southern California like the furthest I've ever like you know uh, been from home at a show is uh, went to a show in Boston well I've been a couple shows in Boston but that's like about as far far away well that's pretty far from California that's like straight up northeast like the corner so that that's that's kind of mad far yeah but I feel like I or I, I wish I could um, experience, uh, you know, shows in other states. Um, so that's like a goal that I have is to try to travel a little more and try to experience hardcore in different places. Yeah, I think I think an easy way to do that and like kind of see the best of an area is to go to a fest like. The show in Spinelli's was very special. It had a pretty good turnout for the, uh, the room and it was fun, but I would love to be there for the LDB fest. It, it just looks like the whole culmination of the Midwest getting together and just having a fun time for two nights. And then like right now in Richmond, you got United blood going on. So you got basically the Northeast, uh, kind of all coming together for a night in Richmond, which is, you know, it's, it's cool to watch. Um, this is hardcore. It's kind of like the WrestleMania of hardcore. I, I view, I, I got this weird take that like hardcore festivals are kind of like pay-per-views <laughs> okay. and like bands, bands doing their own tours and like doing their own one-off shows and stuff. That's like kind of just like an episode of SmackDown or raw, but like, you know, like sound of Fury's like survivor series. And like, you know what I mean? It's just a weird thought that I had. And like the, like certain ones are the ones where it kind of makes or breaks bands and, you know, puts you in the ether of legendary status for hardcore. And I think if you like vain, they had that set at this is hardcore 2017, I think it was. And then the next year, they're the biggest band on the planet. So I think <laughs> I kind of, I, I took the question and like kind of veered very off from where you're asking me, but I think the best way to view, a city or a state is to go to either a fest or just like a really big show with like locals. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree on that. Cause I'll never forget um, last year at San and Fury, it was during um, uh, nosebleed was playing and like everybody in the pit were like everybody from all the other like Richmond bands. They were just, you know, going off. Like I'm talking about like everybody in like, uh, uh, like division of mine, like everybody from the band, they were all in the pit. Everybody was singing along and it looked like 
it was just a Richmond show. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. I was like, this is cool to see them, you know, out here at this festival in California, but showing like their hometown band. Obviously, they're all friends, um, you know, the same love and support. I, I, I thought it was cool. And like, I, I was like, damn, I'm like, I, I could tell like they're like a united scene because of um, just like that one act, you know? Yeah. If, if, if I were in the room and, you know, one of my friend's band is playing, I'm going to let it be known that that band rocks. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you got to show up for your friends. Like one of the uh, most talked about sets from when, you know, I was kind of not necessarily first getting into hardcore, but like understanding how the fest and all these things work was that America's uh, hardcore. Uh, it's the fest Sam from triple B puts on in Boston day by day played. And they had basically a whole fleet of kids from Florida come up and they just took over the entire fest. And like, they were already pretty big. But after that, that's like all anybody was talking about for a couple of months. So it's, yeah. you got to put on for your friends. It's like a cheat code. For sure. I that's definitely like that. Going on tour. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like we, we would have these crazy ass sets in, you know, Tennessee and uh, Greensboro, North Carolina, which like you're not really hearing too much about them having a crazy scene. But it's mostly because the 10 of us are all just going off for each other the best way that we can. And like new Buffalo, yeah. New Buffalo style. It's a uh, New Jersey Buffalo mesh. We, uh, we, we got along pretty well on that tour. And we, we show love for each other as best as we can. That's awesome. That, that, that's definitely good to hear. I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you guys are all able to, um, bond on tour and, um, you know, make the most of it. Yeah. Even though Dylan, Really added some hours out of that drive. Right, right. <laughs> said it, I saw. He, he's like, like kind of like the cheat or like to having like a blast on tour is go with your friends. Like, f- who gives a fuck about like how big your band is or any of that shit? But like, having all your friends go off to your band, like go crazy, and then you go off for them, and like every single night, and it's fun. It's fun, you know. Yeah, it's it's. I feel like it's more gratifying too seeing like your peers and people you respect and like your friends like really respecting what you're doing and you're giving that respect back because not necessarily that it's earned, but it's just kind of like, it's just like unspoken law. Like, yo, you're my friend and there's something about this music that I can enjoy. So I'm going to flat out love it as much as I can. I'm going to commit felonies. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to commit crimes of violence to your fucking intro just because we love you. That's awesome. I think back and I, I've, I've told the story on the podcast before, but um, it was fuck. I can't remember what year it was, but I did um, like a week um, and it was with um, this band from the Inland Empire. They were on this tour. It was um, First Blood. It was the California tour. It was like First Blood, Bloodline Calligraphy, Death Before Dishonor. Um, I think there was somebody else on it. I can't remember, but, um, I, I did like a, a whole week, but I couldn't do the whole tour cause I had like school and work and seriously, that was like one of the best weeks of my entire life. Yeah. Going on tour, whether you're playing or just, you know, part of the spectacle, although it is kind of trying at times when your 10 hour drives turn into 15 hours, it's still a great time. Nothing but stories to tell. And it's just something cool to even say, even if you're only a part of it for a couple of days. Yeah. And I just, yeah, it was just like some crazy moments. And I I just like did merch. I I remember I would, you know, sell merch, whatever. It it was fine. But then like, 
you know, I knew like the band set list. So like, you know, certain points I would, um, you know, kind of like sneak away and just go mosh for like a couple songs and then come back. It, it was nice being able to just to, you know, I'm um, popping in and out. <laughs> yeah. I, ha- I had my spots there in the shackled set for sure. I knew exactly when I wanted the mosh, how hard I wanted the mosh and you know, what, what, it was almost like I practiced it, but really I was just at the same show for 10 nights in a row. And I, I just knew what they were doing. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, do you guys have, obviously earlier, like way earlier, you mentioned you guys want to get your, um, ducks in a row, but, um, like touring wise, is, is that something you guys like want to do in the future? Like after you put out new music, you guys want to like try to do like a full us, I think, I, yeah, I think definitely. Um, me and Brett, when we were doing Clear Focus, we uh, we jumped the gun like crazy, and we we did uh, it, w- that band was around for like two years, something like that, close to three. We did two full uh, West Coast tours, and like drove cross country for both of them. So like, and and we and th- this is with a band that like we straight up didn't really have any following besides really Buffalo. So like, we just did it because it was fun. And both those tours were like the best times of my life. So definitely trying to go back out there. And, and we made we've made so many friends, yeah. um, and they all transfer over for for war, and they, they all know about war. And, and uh, we we were we were talking about going out west. We, like it was supposed to happen um, this summer, but we would have had to start planning for that like months ago. Like cause we were gonna buy plane tickets and just fly out instead of because uh, we we've done the whole you know drive from Buffalo, go drive through fucking idaho and salt lake city and nebraska like drive through all these places and like all those places are fine but the main destinations is like california you know and like all the cool spots so uh we were gonna fly out there but we would have had to jump on that like months ago so and, and we didn't because we're all kind of broke and whatever so and we were saving up for this tour we just did so i think uh that tour the tour we just did was a lot of fun and uh I think good turnouts and I, in, like in our eyes, it was successful and, and worth worthwhile. So, I think uh, we have some we have some t- like grace period now. You know. Yeah, take take the time, uh, rebuild, so you guys can come back stronger. For sure, yeah, and and the other thing too, um, you know, Brett Brett started a zine um, called The Big Idea, so he's working on that. He's booking a shit ton of shows, um, just making buffalo hardcore even stronger um and then ron and i are in other bands so like we we all got we all got like a lot on our plate um a lot going on so uh definitely when the time comes and it, it won't be that long either like I, we're gonna start wor- like working on this war stuff pretty soon i think but uh when the time comes we'll definitely uh definitely trying to come out west with war and uh put out some new music and keep keep doing what we're doing all right well i'll definitely be looking forward to that and you know hope that you guys are able to you know get everything um going um pretty soon because i would love to see you guys out here and i'm sure um i'm not the only one i would hope not (laughs) your only fan i kind of hope you are the only one that's pretty funny <laughs> uh, that'd be wild. That'd be really weird. But um, definitely not the only fan. I I, I know you guys have a um, you know, uh, for being like a newer band, you guys have like a cool following. Yeah, I I I, I guess I would agree. Uh, it it always it never felt like anything was kind of pushed or like we had to 
um, fight as hard as we did with our earlier bands to, you know, get the attention that we, we were seeking. We, uh, I, I think too, we don't like, I haven't really paid attention. I, I don't really know. Um, I think maybe Brett would know the best cause he, he kind of, uh, if anyone should be on this, this podcast, I feel like it should be Brett. He's kind of like the spokesperson for everything, you know, it's kind of like, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know if we really pay attention to what's, uh, what's going on. We, we definitely have been kind of all over the place with, um, our ideas and, you know, we only have like five songs out right now. So we, we still got a lot of time and a lot of, a lot of music to put out. I think a lot of stuff to do. So. All right. Well, um, if you um, happen to run into Brett, um, I would love to have him on, hear what he has to say. Oh, I'm sure he would have a lot more to say than we would. Yeah, if you get Dylan on this podcast, too, that'd be, that'd be like some fucking uh, Jerry Springer. Yeah, do a three-way <laughs> call. Dylan, Brett, and you just arguing about where the five hours came from. <laughs> that'd be great i hearing him like as mad as he was like screaming on that clip that you played he sounded super angry that was the tip of the iceberg i i missed a bunch of it i just started recording towards the end of it okay (laughs) (laughs) while all that was going on too he's driving while this is happening and he's like trying to list off everything that we did and like calculate the time and everything (laughs) while all that's going on his uh jake uh the guitarist of shackled is prank dialing him he's in the back seat and he just keeps on calling his phone while it's going on. He's like, he's using this guy's number, Everett. That's like, I guess it's like one of Dylan's coworkers or something. And he goes, Everett, stop! And like, Everett, what the fuck? Like he would answer answer the phone, and like clearly hear his own echo on the speaker because like he's yelling so loud, and then just hang up. And like every time it happened, I just laughed harder and harder because he's just getting so mad. I'd be so scared to have somebody that angry, like driving. Oh yeah, it was. There were times where like it got pretty scary with them driving, but we got home safe. That's all I can say. Okay. Well, I think this might be a good place to end things. Well, I, I think we're looking good over here. If you're looking good over there. All right. Well. Um, before I, you know, uh, send you guys off, um, is there anything that you guys want to, um, shout out or plug? So I want to give a shout out to Faultline, Buff, that's Buffalo's new blood. I want to give a shout out to Warren from Wilkes-Barre. I want to give a shout out to, uh, Shackled and Fence Carter from New Jersey. I want to give a shout out to LDB for always hooking us up. I want to give a shout out to uh spatty from syracuse is my best friend in the whole world uh i want to give a shout out to drew for always helping us out with everything i want to give a shout out to brett and evan for bringing all these shows to buffalo uh please listen to life's question that band is going to be huge in six months time guarantee it uh i also want to give a shout out to taco bell and chipotle for feeding me on that tour uh cookout yeah, and, uh, cookout makes everybody puke. Don't eat there. No, it's good. Um, uh, I, I want to give a shout out to the complete cookie, Cliff Buffalo, Frank's hot sauce, Frank's hot sauce, Allentown Pizza, Grindhouse uh, Cafe, uh, Vinyl Vinyl Law Firm, um, the the Apple Red Bull. Uh, yeah, or yeah, the Kiwi Apple Red Bull, yeah, the good. Pear Red Bull, the Coconut Red Bull. Uh, 
OSC. Um, I'm just listening off everything I possibly can. Uh, please listen to Standalone. Please listen to War by the Means. Please listen to Fault Line. Please listen to the Elite. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, I think you got it. Maybe Jack's Link Beef Jerky. No, I'm vegan. Don't do that. <laughs> A vegan brand, though. All right. Do they even make vegan uh, Jack's Link? No, they do have vegan jerky. It's uh, it's not Jack. It's not Jack Links though. It's uh. It's like a Louisville brand. I had a bag of it in my hand. Uh, I went to Morell's in Louisville, and I put it down because it was six bucks. I regret it because I would have loved to have some jerky, but they do make it. But okay. Oh wait, wait, real quick. One last thing. Um, what are your thoughts on Ronda Rousey? It, what do you mean? Like she's awesome. The WWE. Yeah. I think that she's killing it. I think that um, the fact that that triple threat is going to be headlining WrestleMania on Sunday. That's historic, and it's it's worth the watch. I think they actually put too much into the match by making it uh, a unifying women's champion match. But uh, I will definitely be watching. I'm hoping Becky Lynch wins, but Ronda has been killing it now that she's kind of coming out of her, you know, happy girl, like, oh, I'm just so happy to be in the WWE, and now she's, you know, really playing the heel that she should um i actually i want to give a plug i have a wrestling podcast that was kind of in retirement but we brought it out for wrestlemania this week it's called jobbers um we did a wrestlemania episode should be out either uh the saturday the sixth so i don't know when this episode would be out um but yeah check that out i talk about wrestling specifically the WrestleMania card for about an hour. So that's awesome. Um, I'm going to have to send you um, uh, an interview that um, Becky did with my favorite MMA um, journalist. So um, he's like a wrestling guy. So I, I got to send you that link. Uh, I think it's, um, Ariel Hawani. Yeah. Yeah. No, you guys know him. Good guy. Uh, I'm not too big on MMA. Nick is, but uh, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know him personally, but, I know. <laughs> yeah, I haven't taken about the dinner, but you know. Okay. Yeah, all right. Know, know. Um, uh, that's awesome. I, I'm I'm a huge um, Rousey, MMA uh, guy. Yeah, I think she was smart, like going to WWE. I think she knew she was kind of kind of done, uh, getting punched in the face for real, and uh, has a big name and legacy and making a ton of money. Now she's headlining WrestleMania for the first time ever as a woman. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's wild. It, it it's crazy um what she's accomplished and um I'm a huge fan of hers. She definitely um kind of broke my heart when she just kind of turned her back on all of um the MMA fans, but I'm happy to see she's doing well over there in the WWE. Yeah, I I have been a wrestling fan since I was 8 years old and whenever uh, something fresh like that comes in, you know, like Brock Lesnar coming back or uh, Ronda Rousey coming. It, it 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 always pulls me back in. I'm I I'm interested I to see. In, I saw her in Buffalo actually uh, when they came to Buffalo. Yeah, she was just walking down the street. I rolled yeah, the window I, down and said, "Hey, you Ronda?" She said, "Yeah, I am." Yeah, I challenged her to a fist fight. <laughs> That's crazy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, so it's it, it's very interesting seeing stuff like that happen and and kind of really shows you what the type of athlete it takes to be you know, a WWE superstar because it's not, it, although it's fake, it does fuck your body up. Yeah. It's um like 
you know scripted or whatever but yeah it definitely takes a real physical toll on your body and you know you have to be able to perform to actually do it so um i i know they get a lot of um you know crap for it being you know quote unquote fake but um it's uh you know pretty real yeah as as also like on the road for like 300 days a year or some shit yeah and they get no health insurance from the company and they get no paid leave and a whole bunch of other shit which is uh, I, I recommend to check out John Oliver's piece he did on the WWE uh, last week on last week tonight. Really, really get to the nitty gritty of how terrible these wrestlers at the top are, you know, treated. Okay, well, I'll have to look into that because I'm pretty interested because I used to be a huge wrestling guy um, back in the day, but then I just kind of fell off. Yeah, it. it well, it got to the point to where I just straight up had to stop watching, but I got back in the fold and now uh, me and my friends sit down with the phone and just talk about it for a couple hours once every now and then. So, Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Jobbers wrestling podcast. I, 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 we don't have it on any like actual podcast directory. It's just episodes on YouTube, but if you want, I can send you the link on, uh, yeah where to listen to that yeah send the link and i'll put it in the show notes and i'll post it because i have some friends who um, listen to this that are um wrestling fans so i'm sure they'd be down to check it out yeah um i have kind of been out of wrestling for the last couple of years i'm just like now getting back into it so i might sound like a complete jackass on there but i have fun so <laughs> that's what it's all about if you're not having fun then what are you doing yeah you're not having fun then get out all right well it's been fun um thank you guys for um giving me the time ron i know this has been um in the making for a while so thank you for um you know being down to schedule um like way far in advance and actually um take the time to come on so i I just really appreciate that um definitely means a lot uh i appreciate being on the show you're very easy to keep conversation with i was kind of scared that like I'm kind of the way I talk it. It's like once I open up, it's hard for me to stop. And I was I wasn't sure how we would match, but we I, this was fun. I had I had a good time. Hopefully, we can uh, work something out again in the future. Yeah, I'm down down to support Buffalo hardcore forever. Buffalo hardcore on top, Buffalo style. That's the first <laughs> place to use that term, Buffalo style forever. All right. Um, is is that it? Are you guys done over there? Or? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having us. Sorry to shit. Don't know it. That's all good. All right. I, I just want to make sure um you could get in some last words before we actually sign off. Okay. Don't be afraid to travel out for a show in Buffalo. You have a great time. We got a lot of good food going on here. Fault line, the elite, war by the means, stand alone. Um one step closer, fence cutter, shackled, life's question. Uh that's it. That's that's all I gotta say. That's it. You heard them. Check out all those bands. They're all great. Choice to make. Fuck, choice, to make. choice to make. Yo, choice to make. Low key. Nate Prosciutti, um, the homie. Uh, choice to make's awesome. Um, check out all those bands. Support hardcore in Buffalo, in your city, wherever you're at. This has been another episode of the Jamie Rk podcast. Always on top.
I just wanna see the light 